Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Not a happy night for the Islanders last night. They fall to the Colorado Avalanche by a score of 3-1. to one. They go 0-4-0 on the road trip to the Western Conference, and they score a total of two goals in four games. And folks, at the end of the day, That's just not going to get it done. We will talk about that. We will talk about how this clunker of a road trip affects the trade deadline and what the Islanders need to do. And of course, we'll have this date in Islanders history, plus a lot more. Don't forget, if you have something that's on your mind, you have a topic you want us to discuss, a question uh, or a comment. Please send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Leave your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to mention you on the air when we discuss your question or topic. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI, and we will keep you up to date on all things New York Islanders. All right, let's discuss this game, a Wednesday night game in Denver against the Avalanche. Noah Dobson and Ross Johnston are the scratches for the Islanders, the goaltenders in this one. Pavel Fransuz for the Colorado Avalanche, while Simeon Varlamov going up against his former team, the Avs, uh, and coming home to Denver. Now, remember, Varlamov had shut out the Avs the first time these two teams met in a one to nothing game, he was hoping to have similar luck in this one, but things just did not get off to a very good start for the New York Islanders. Early on, they were behind the eight ball. Colorado had the better of the play almost from the get-go, and you just got the feeling as this game started that Colorado was the faster team, that they were the more determined team. And anytime you had those one-on-one puck battles, more often than not, it was the home team, the Avalanche, that were coming away with those loose pucks and thereby with between the winning the battles and then their team speed, the Avalanche had a lot of advantages in this game and they controlled the tempo as a result. The Islanders did have a couple of chances early, although the Avs had the better chances. 
Bavillier took a nice pass from Barzal, but a right pad save by Fransuz in the opening minute of the game kept the game scoreless. Then Anders Lee had a backhand chance a little more than six minutes into the game, but again, could not beat Fransuz, and as a result, uh, the Islanders unable to cash in early, and again, you know, the fact that this team has struggled to score so much lately, when the goaltender comes up with some big saves early, it gets into these players' heads, and it just looked like they were pressing. Then, the Islanders went through about, what, a four- or five-minute period where the play was almost exclusively in the Islander zone, and they just couldn't clear the puck. And that just, you know, isn't going to get the job done. Meanwhile, finally, the Avalanche break through when uh, Donskoy redirects a shot by Kale McCarr. Uh, that goal comes at 9.07. Secondary assist to Valerie Nichuskin, and it's one to nothing. Colorado midway through the period at the time of the goal. Shots on goal. Avalanche 12 Islanders four, and you're just not going to get it done if that is indeed, you know, the shots. It just isn't going to work, uh, however you spell it out. Meanwhile, kudos to the Avalanche organization, a little video tribute in the first period to Simeon Varlamov for his eight seasons in Denver, and uh, a classy move by the Avalanche, so, uh, so that was certainly you know, a class act, and it, you know, the end of the video says, thank you, Varley, the crowd gives Varlamov a standing ovation, and it was just a nice touch. Now, late in the period, a little more than five minutes left, the Islanders lose Derek Brassard, he does not return, Brassard hit uh, on a shot by Ryan Pulak, it hit him kind of high, and uh, that was the end of his game, and again, the Islanders, as a result, forced to juggle their lines, and Broussard really only playing two minutes and 19 seconds uh, in this game. Islanders had a power play briefly. Uh, Ian Cole trips up Kiefer Bellows at 17:22, but Anders Lee trips up Donskoy, and uh, that cancels, let's say, the last, oh, you know, half of a uh, of a minute on this power play and evens things out going into the end of the first period. So after 20 minutes, Islanders outshot 17 to 11, thankfully trailing just one nothing, and the Avs had 39 seconds of power play time uh, as they headed into that second period. But overall, the first period set the tone for this game, and it wasn't the kind of tone that the Islanders wanted to set. They were being out-hustled, they were being outplayed, and the few scoring chances that the Islanders were able to generate, uh, Fransuz was, was very good, and then, you know, you lose Derek Brassard, hurting your forward depth, the team is pressing, it just the vibe overall in this game was not a positive one. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll discuss the second and third periods. We'll talk about what this road trip means 
for the Isles at the trade deadline, and we'll have this date in Islanders history. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We talked about how the first period was a struggle for the New York Islanders. Well, the second period didn't start off any better. Less than a minute in, 45 seconds to be exact, Andre Burkowski, his 20th from the slot, beats Varlamov to the glove side, Nathan McKinnon, and Mocker with the assist for McKinnon, his 50th assist of the season. And all of a sudden, it's two to nothing in favor of the Avs. And again, the Islanders, more pressure on them. And, and it just got worse. 345 into the period, Cunackle off for slashing Makar, and the Islanders had to kill off a penalty. And if it wasn't for some good saves by Varlamov, uh, the Islanders would have fallen behind even more. So, again, the Islanders do manage to kill this power play. Later in the period, Kiefer Bellows slashes Nikita Zadarov at 16:29, and the Islanders, again, were shorthanded, although uh, Burakovsky uh, hooks Bailey uh, a mere 13 seconds later to cancel out that power play. But at the end of the day, Islanders unable to get a lot of offense going, unable to cash in, and after 40 minutes, 2-0 Avalanche, shots on goal, 26-19. Nikita Zadarov hooked Matthew Barzal, and the Islanders, as a result, had 19 seconds of power play time uh, that carried over third period, but... uh, Overall, after 40 minutes, it just they just did not have uh, the look of a team playing sharp, smart hockey, and it was very, very frustrating to say the least. Look, you you have played 40 minutes, and at that point, through three and two thirds games, the Islanders had scored exactly one goal. I don't care how good your goaltending is. I don't care how good your defense is. You are not going to win very many, if any, hockey games scoring one goal in three and two-thirds games. It just isn't going to happen. Looked like the Islanders had a goal, but it was waved off. Brock Nelson uh, ruled to have interfered with the goaltender and that kept the game at two to nothing. Finally, uh, Landeskog makes it a three nothing game at 7:43. McKinnon and Ryan Graves with the helpers, and all of a sudden, uh, this game is out of reach. Now, early on in the period, it was the Avalanche still putting on the pressure, still uh, controlling the tempo. But as soon as they got that three nothing lead, the Avalanche slowed down the pace, weren't pinching, weren't really playing aggressive hockey in the offensive zone, and were concentrating on just keeping the Islanders off the board. Islanders decide to pull the goalie. Barry Trotz pulls Varlamov with a little more than three minutes left in the third period. They do get an empty net goal and break the shutout. Brock Nelson, his 22nd, from Barzal and Eberly, 
So the top line scores with the extra attacker. Uh, Nelson was just to the right of the crease, and a, a rebound came right to him. He pokes it home for his 22nd of the year, but the Islanders unable to generate much more than that. And at the end of the day, Islanders losing this game 3-1. to one. They outshoot the Avalanche in the end 29-28, to 28, but most of that coming in the third period and not a lot of quality shots. Varlamov, 26 saves in a losing effort. Anders Lee uh, and Scott Mayfield each a minus two in this game. And as far as shots on goal, a lot of Islanders tied with four. That would be Barzal, Nelson, and Lee. In the face-off circle, pretty even for a lot of players. Barzal, 4 out of 8. Nelson, 14 out of 27. Uh, Anders Lee lost all three of his. Josh Bailey winning only 2 out of 8. As far as hits go, Matt Martin with 4 hits in 8 minutes and 17 seconds of ice time. Ryan Pulak with 5. Pulak also with 6 blocked shots to pace the Islanders. As far as ice time, again, the first forward line getting a lot of ice time. Matthew Barzal leads all Islanders with 24 minutes, 59 seconds. Uh, Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Jordan Eberle all over the 20-minute mark in ice time. On the defense, Devon Tays leads the way with 2148. Pulak with 21.35, Nick Letty, 20.52, and then Mayfield with 19.54. In his second game with the Green on the third pairing, he was a minus one, credited with one shot on goal, three block shots, but played only 16 minutes and 30 seconds. So not as much ice time for Andy Green in this one, and it makes sense because the Islanders were behind trying to generate offense, and that is not Andy Green's forte. Nathan McKinnon with two assists, as did Makar. Uh, that paced the avalanche at the end of the day, though, for the Islanders. Uh, a disastrous road trip, 0-4-0, a total of two goals scored. And the Islanders, as they head back home, to face the Red Wings Friday at the Nassau Coliseum. They are falling in the standings, and that is just not a good sign. You look at the Metropolitan Division standings right now, and the Islanders in a bit of a free fall here with the 0-4 road trip. Pittsburgh, 80 points in 58 games. They're in first place now. Washington, one point behind with 79 points. They have a game Uh, Pittsburgh actually has a game in hand on the Capitals. The Flyers are now in third place, 73 points in 60 games. The Islanders in fourth place, tied with the Carolina Hurricanes, both of those teams with 72 points in 59 games. And the Columbus Blue Jackets also with 72 points, but they have played two more games than both the Isles and the Canes. Meanwhile, the Rangers won tonight. They're only six points behind the Islanders, and both teams have played 59 
games. So the Islanders on the verge. You know what? I, I hate to say this. They are not even guaranteed a playoff spot at this point. And if they keep playing the way they have been lately, they're not going to qualify for the playoffs. You are not going to qualify for the playoffs getting two goals in four games. And, you know, overall, that offensive ranking in the league down and down. And, uh, you know, right now, the Islanders 23rd in the league in goals scored, 22nd on the power play. And uh, it just is going the wrong way right now for the Islanders. All right, when we come back, we will discuss what this road trip means for the Isles as they head closer and closer to the trade deadline. And we'll have this date in Islanders history. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So let there be no doubt this team needs goal scoring and they need it in a hurry. If Lou Lamorello is unable to pull off a trade before the deadline to add some scoring punch, this team probably will struggle to make the playoffs, let alone make some kind of a run. Uh, And losing Derek Broussard, and we'll certainly have an update for him uh, as soon as it's available. Stay with us on Twitter for that, uh, either tomorrow or Friday. Uh, as, As soon as, you know, but losing Broussard certainly makes things even tougher for the Islanders. They need some scoring, and they need it now. And... Look, Kiefer Bellows, he got off to that hot start with the adrenaline going and three points in his first three games. Well, you know, not getting much offensively since then and is really just, you know, struggling. Still has those three points, uh, you know, in in the games he's played since then. So, uh, look, he's a rookie. He's going to have his inconsistencies uh, but right now, after seven games, still three points after three points in his first three. That's a four-game drought. Again, he's not getting a lot of ice time. But, you know, look, maybe down the road, Bellows helps. Maybe even in five or six games, he starts to get more comfortable at the NHL level. But if they're going to get some help this year, they need to add more players. They are still playing with two second lines and two fourth lines for all intents and purposes, and they need to change that uh, if they're going to make that playoff run. This Islanders team is built for defense. They don't necessarily need to be in the top 10 in the league in goals scored. They play, you know, in their own zone and out, but you need to at least be in the middle of the pack in goals scored, and this team is nowhere near that right now. They are hurting for goals. They are pressing right now. They just don't have the intensity and the consistency that they had earlier in the season. And it's really uh, discouraging to watch at this point in time. So the Islanders in desperate need of some scoring punch. And let's hope that Lou Lamorello can pull off a deal and bring it. Otherwise, this season that started off with so much promise, was, it just looks like it's quickly evaporating, and that, that would be disastrous for the New York Islanders and their fans. All right, this date in Islanders history, February 20th, 1992, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, the Rangers, the visiting team against the Islanders, John Van Beesbrook is the goaltender, 
for the New York Rangers, while the Islanders with Glenn Healy. Islanders drew first blood at 11-16 of the opening period. Adam Creighton, his 17th from Dave McIlwain, and the Islanders led one to nothing. Then, with Joe Sorella in the penalty box for hooking, Pierre Turgeon, 31st goal of the year on the power play from Derek King and Steve Thomas, and the Islanders had jumped out to a 2-0 lead at the 16:35 mark of period one. The Rangers came back 23 seconds later, Tony Amanti, his 24th from Adam Graves and Mark Messier, and after 20 minutes, it was still 2-1 to one in favor of the New York Islanders. In the second period, the tenor of this game changed after a couple of fights. First, Mick Vakoda of the Islanders dropped the gloves with Ty Domi at 7.38, and then later on, it was Domi who was goaded into taking several penalties, and as a result, the Islanders had an extended power play, and that was where the game absolutely turned late in the second period. The Islanders got three power play goals in a span of three minutes and 59 seconds. First, Derek King is 34th from Pierre Turgeon and Steve Thomas. Then it was Turgeon is 32nd from Derek King and Tom Curvers, followed by Thomas, his 16th, from Turgeon and Jeff Finley. And just like that, the Islanders had blown the game open and taken a 5-1 to one lead. In the third period, Rob Zalmaner of the Rangers got his first career NHL goal, the assist to Brian Leach at 3:43. That gave the Rangers a slight glimmer of hope, but Turgeon closed the door at 8:56, his 33rd goal of the season and his third of the game. Benoit Hogue and Derek King with the helpers in this one, and the Islanders skate away with a 6-2 victory over the New York Rangers with the hat trick from Pierre Turgeon. In As a result of this game, by the way, Turgeon extended his personal point-scoring streak to seven games, while Derek King had a 16-game point streak going in. After the game, Ty Domi said, uh, Ray Ferraro said something to me, and I stupidly gave him a face wash. It was a stupid penalty, and I deserved it. I hadn't been taking stupid penalties all year. Tonight I did, and it cost us the game. I let my teammates down. And the Islanders certainly took full advantage of that gaffe by Ty Domi. They earned the win. Final score in this one was Islanders 6, Rangers 2. On this date in Islanders history, February 20th, 1992. All right, that's going to do it for us on today's show. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. It helps other Islander fans and hockey fans find the show and helps us grow the Locked On Islanders family. Also, tomorrow we will be back with a full preview of the Islanders game Friday at the Nassau Coliseum against the Detroit Red Wings, a game the Islanders almost have to win to get the ship righted against the weak and str struggling 
Detroit Red Wings. We will have a full preview of that, plus Sunday's game against San Jose. We'll have this date in Islanders history, and we'll get you ready for the trade deadline. It is fast approaching, coming up on Monday. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.